This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello, and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Lux Alptrom, the creator and co-host of Audible's Say You're Sorry, a podcast about public apologies, the ones that work, the ones that fail, and most of all, the ones that everyone can learn from. And now here we are reading a letter from a listener. Feeling like a babysitter. My former employer is a minor local personality in our city. I still occasionally do some freelance work for him. The other morning, he called me after an event he hosted, asking for my advice. The woman who replaced me in my role as his assistant had brought a friend to the event, and my former employer, recently divorced, went home with the friend of his new employee, and he wanted my advice on what to do. He apparently got very drunk. He is in his mid-50s, and the employee, as well as her friend, are in their late 20s or early 30s. I didn't really know how to respond and just said that it sounded like a bad choice and that he should try not to do it again in the future. But I'm sort of grossed out by it. It's just such poor judgment and seems like an abuse of power to leave with your assistant's friend in front of your assistant. It's also weird that he called me to ask for advice and seems like a strange lack of boundaries. I'm tempted to end our working relationship as I'm disturbed by this behavior. At the same time, the freelance money I get working for him is helpful to me right now as I'm in school, and I probably couldn't find another job that pays as well and rent is expensive. What should I do? Should I keep working for this guy? Should I check in with the new assistant to see if she's okay? feels like it's not my business, but he sort of made it my business by calling me. Yeah, that one's a doozy. (laughs) There's a lot of contingency in this letter. Like, he's a minor local personality. I occasionally do freelance work for him. It's kind of my business now. Um, Yeah. There's just a lot of hedging. And I can can really appreciate why the letter writer feels just like all question marks. Because it's just sort of like, it's not as clear cut as like, my boss went home with his assistant and then called me about it. Like, yeah, it's, I think, I think easiest question for me about like, should I stop working for him? Like, I don't think, I don't think you're under any ethical obligation to sever ties with like the person who is paying you to do a job. Like that's not an endorsement of them or their ethics. Like you are just taking money to do a job. I think if everyone were yeah. morally responsible for the person who paid them's behavior, uh, yeah, that would be bad. Uh, which again is not to say that like if you're in a position where you are able to, uh, you know, leave a job that like brings up serious ethical qualms for another one, that can absolutely be worth doing. I just mean like, please don't worry that you have to, you know, endorse him by occasionally, I don't know, mocking up reports or whatever he asks yeah. you to do. Yeah, I think like, you know. If you don't feel comfortable working there because this person has bad boundaries, that's a separate question. But it's not like a black mark on your soul that you're taking this person's money. I think it is worth perhaps saying, hey, I'm not comfortable talking about your personal life. If you cho- if you choose to keep working for them, like that might be a thing to flag. Like, you know, I don't don't want to talk about your personal life. I want to. and. I would probably phrase it as something like, hey, I prefer to keep my business relationships professional. So like, let's leave personal lives out of it and leave it at that. Um, but that's that's really all I would do with this minor local celebrity. The 
harder question is what do you do about the assistant? I mean, do you, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are, Danny. I mean, again, just within the framework of what we know here, what he did was, I think, you know, I can understand embarrassing. I can understand inappropriate. Um, I can understand puts his assistant in a slightly weird position. And yet it's also like an adult man went home with an adult woman. Neither of them worked together. So for me, that's where I land on the sort of like messy versus seriously bad divide. Like she doesn't work for him. She's an adult. He's an adult. So any sort of like weirdness about the triangulation through the friends part, again, I get, I like generally speaking, think it's probably good not to date in the workplace. Um, That probably extends to work parties where employees bring their friends. But again, that's the sort of like odd nature of a party like that, which is to say he hosted it. That's the other thing that's a little confusing. He went home with her, but he hosted, like, did he leave his own party? Because that actually would be kind of amazing if he was just like, thanks for coming. I'm out. Have a good time. Lock up after you leave. Yeah, I I was assuming he hosted it at a different location. Sure. <laughs> like like it was a party at a bar. But yeah, like, I'm just trying to think through like, okay, what if I am an assistant to somebody, my boss goes home with my friend, I feel weird about it. How am I going to feel about somebody I don't even know, which I'm assuming is the situation here, being like, yeah. "Hey, are you okay?" Like that for me, if I'm in that situation, I have to figure out how to navigate things with my boss, but I don't know that like somebody extending themselves as my quote unquote, like ally in that situation is going to help. It feels more like I might be uncomfortable with that. I like, maybe I'm in a position where I just don't want to think about it. Honestly, I think the the probably the worst judgment that your your former boss has exhibited is calling you. Yeah. You know, letter writer. I think when you say that like the 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 like it seems so weird that he called me his former employee, um, you know, letter writer, you don't mention your your age. My guess is that you are closer in age to the current assistant than you are to him. Um, and in any case, like again, like you don't call your former employees to ask to, to ask for work advice. Um, that's just like, that's, you know, oh, Hey, you used to be one of my employees. Now you're my mentor. That's not, that's weird. Yeah. I get why that's weird. I get why that makes you feel unnerved. I get why that makes you worry. Is he going to try to like bring up something really personal and inappropriate again? Is he going to put me in another uncomfortable position? I don't like that. So that was, that was worse judgment, I think on his part. And you were right to, to feel really off kilter as a result of that. I, I think you can absolutely send him a quick email or a text that's just like, I just want to reiterate that I think it was inappropriate for you to call me for ask to ask for advice about this. I don't want to have conversations about your personal life. Please don't do it again. I think that's a polite thing to say. I don't think that is a cruel or wildly inappropriate thing to say. My hope is that he would receive that in a chastened spirit and go look for advice and counsel elsewhere and like plan his work parties a little differently in the future. Um, if the idea of doing that just feels impossible, you, you don't have to, again, like you've already told him a a general version of what I think most reasonable people would say, which is like, that's weird. Don't do that again. You, You don't have to stop working for him as a matter of principle. If you simply decide like this guy, there's kind of no telling what he's going to do next. 
uh, and he's just a mess. I don't really want to keep doing this occasional work by all means. You know, you say the money that you get working for him is helpful and you probably couldn't find another job that pays as well. I would do a little investigative work there. It, that that to me suggests you haven't checked. And I don't say that lightly or like, you know how jobs are just everywhere and super easy to get when you're a student, especially. But start doing a little research, you know, while you're still on the fence about it, put in the legwork now, find out what other freelance work you could possibly do, cultivate your other contacts in the industry. Um, you know, it, it will only help you to feel like you have other professional options. I think the one other thing I would say, like, this letter is very vague on what the professional relationship between letter writer and this former boss was historically. And like, if, if this is a situation where it's like this latest incident actually feels like part of a pattern or it's like a red flag that's making me think differently about other stuff. Like this is me projecting a lot onto this letter, but like, if that were the situation, then I would say it might be, more justifiable to call the to call the current employee like if if you feel like oh maybe this is a unsafe work environment and i realize now that's what was going on with me and i want to just talk to this person who's currently in the situation just to make sure like she gets any support she needs but it doesn't sound like that's the situation it sounds like this was a relatively normal working environment and this one incident is kind of an aberration. And if it's an aberration, like I think involving yourself further is not going to improve the situation for anybody. At most, I would say maybe to the extent that you're able, keep tabs on whether it seems like the behavior is continuing. And then like, I, I don't know how this would I don't know how this would come up for somebody who is a former employee, sometimes like freelancer. But yeah, if if the boss keeps calling you and being like, yeah, I keep banging my assistant's friends, like then if it's a pattern, maybe I'd say like reach out, see if you can do anything for her. But if it's this one incident, it just doesn't seem like it's serving anybody to involve yourself. And I, I just don't know that the fact that like, the boss told you about it means that it is now your responsibility. Like that's, I think maybe him trying to make you feel like it's your responsibility because he doesn't know how to manage his own feelings, but that doesn't mean it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's always helpful to sort of, you know, leave open the possibility letter writer. You don't talk much about what your experience was like working from before. Certainly if you on reflection think, I wonder if like I experienced some sort of like sexual harassment or boundary pushing that was like professionally inappropriate that I now need to reconsider, you know, it sounds like you're relatively early in your career. Um, so it's certainly possible that there are things you might reassess in high hindsight. You know, th that's a separate question entirely. I would encourage you to write back in if you had questions along those lines. Um, and and I, I share kind of your sense of like, on the one hand, within the confines of the details that we have of this letter, like messy, but not uh, a sign of workplace abuse. And then on the other hand, I, you know, I feel aware we're both in the sort of context of like, it's also like bosses with not great personal boundaries with their current and former assistants sometimes also have a habit of sexually harassing their employees or just like being wildly emotionally inappropriate and like expecting way too much. So like there's that sort of tension there of like, I don't feel like I want to say like, I'm sure he's great and I also don't want to quite go and say like going home with a woman in her late 20s who's friends with one of your employees is the same thing as harassment because they're just, they're, they're different. 
for important and necessary reasons. So with that sort of like light queasiness, I think I'll move us into the lightning round because it's yes. always nice when I feel like, oh, I'm, I, I can feel myself stretching in eight different directions, trying to maintain a foothold in each one. It's like, let's get something clear cut on the books. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenge with having just like the tiniest sliver of insight into what somebody's life is like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, our lightning round question. I, I will read it since you have not seen it yet. And then we'll put a minute on the timer. And if you if you are okay going first, I'd love to hear your answer. And then I, I myself yeah. will also get a minute. Uh, and hopefully we can help this person out. Yeah. Lay it on me. I, a woman, started dating another woman for the first time in my life. And I've found myself happier than I even knew I could be. The problem is in discovering that I actually enjoy sex, I've started being too enthusiastic and loud. Luckily, my girlfriend loves it, but we live in an old apartment building without great soundproofing. Someone left an anonymous note on our door asking us to keep it down. My girlfriend just kind of laughed it off, but I feel terrible. I've been trying to be mindful while we're having sex, but that just makes me think about some stranger hearing us at our most intimate, and it takes me right out of the moment, so much that I don't really want to continue. My girlfriend is getting frustrated because obviously she likes it when I'm into it. And she said she really enjoyed and looked forward to hearing my reaction. But all I can think about now is our neighbors hating me. How do people have sex without bothering other people? I don't want to give up this incredible new part of life, but it's not fair to do at the expense of other people. And there has to be a way everyone else is doing it that I'm not getting. My girlfriend is at the point of wanting to violate our lease and install soundproofing. Why does what does every adult who's been enjoying sex know that I don't? Just, oh. just a minute to collect yourself and then I'll, I'll put the minute on the clock. Yeah, no, I have, I know what I'm going to say. So I'm ready to start whenever. All right. All right. Then I'm going to start it now. So first, um, I used to walk around naked in one of my apartments, not realizing my neighbors could see me until one day my then live-in partner pointed out that there was a sign that was like, please stop being naked. And I felt deeply ashamed, even though he thought it was funny. So I feel that. Um, I think I would say not everybody is loud. It's a, it's a spectrum. And the, the difficult thing, I mean, this, this is number one, a difficult thing about having a sex life in an apartment with presumably uh, thin walls. But I think that really you cannot feel ashamed about it. You cannot feel like you are doing something wrong or you are violating the social compact. My main thought was if you can't install soundproofing or if that's going to cause problems with your landlord, just figure out like, can you play music? Like what are some strategies that you can do to that's make time. it sound back? The music was I, great. All right. Yeah, I'll start now. Got to it. Lux, first of all, fuck that former neighbor of yours and letter writer, fuck your neighbor. Um, I'm, I'm truly sorry. That is the dumbest thing that I have ever heard. Uh, you have a crank for a neighbor. You have a foolish neighbor. You have a prudish neighbor and your neighbor sucks. Leaving a note because people are having sex inside their own home is about the like, he deserves to be bullied. Uh, he deserves to be yelled at. He is a fool and a crank. And I hope you throw old peaches in his window. I don't know. That's mean. Don't do that. 
Um, I'm sorry. I understand why you feel self-conscious to that end. I think that uh, having the music on might go a long way towards making yourself feel a little bit more relaxed. This guy sucks. Most people are not like listening with their ear to the to the walls trying to catch anyone having sex. Most adults, when they hear somebody else having sex, they're like, oh, someone else having sex and they move on with their lives. You're at home. It's your home. Fuck him. I didn't even remember to put the timer on. I hope that was a minute. <laughs> Whatever. I'm done. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And yeah, it's... It's just one of those things where it's like, if you have that anxiety, like even if you know it's wrong, you might still have it. And it's like, do what you need to, to make yourself feel comfortable, but you are not in the wrong because you are loudly enjoying sex. Yeah, no. And I know like every time that I do a lightning round question, I always run into this problem, which is like, I want to keep going. I just want to say like this last thing, which is like, you are not doing it at the expense of someone else. This is like (laughs) when you have a neighbor who's like, I'm furious that I can hear you walking around sometimes. And it's like, all right, I'm not doing Taibo with weighted boots on. I'm walking around in my apartment and you live in a city and I'm sorry, but like your proposed solution is foolish and silly. And anyone who says other people should be having muffled sex in their own homes, lest I hear it like drift through my living room. is just like, go away, get out of society, go live in a cave. You're an enemy to the human condition and I will fight you. Thanks for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up, to subscribe, or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a minute. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations and interview questions with our guests. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you need some little advice or big advice and you'd like me to read your letter on the show, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description of the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>